All right, start again. Episode 49 here of Slam City, guys. It's Ray Moore, Mr. Mac here on this cloudy and rainy and muggy. Grizzly. Yeah. Confusing. Yeah. Kind of cold. Yeah. Slow sports week of a day. Yeah, it really is. Um, You know, it's the summertime, so, you know, basketball is like, you know, summer league, even though summer league has been packed mm-hmm. lately, so... We'll talk about that stuff uh, and of course, everybody's bored <laughs> well it's baseball at least but the home run derby and all-star game was actually pretty good this this uh this year so if, if you're into baseball i'll talk a little bit about that probably at the end of the show um but you know i want to start with this this whole um because you know we're a podcast and you know today i was reading about soundcloud stuff possibly being shut down and for me i mean that's just this is heartening to hear because it's like you know, we, people who do podcasts on the, uh, on this platform, you know, that's what people can listen to and everything. And then when you hear this news, it's like, man, better start downloading these episodes as soon as possible. That way you can just move it to another platform. So I, I think about the artists that I work with. For, for those of you who don't know, I do um, PR and consultant work for a lot of rappers, a lot of singers. Um, brands and uh, you know clothing lines yeah liquor brands stuff like that but specifically for artists that i work with a lot of them pride themselves and bank on soundcloud plays like to get their to get their fan base up people they go into labels and show labels look this many people are following me on soundcloud this many people downloaded my last song this many people played my current song yeah this many people downloaded my last project like they they bank on those numbers so i don't know what artists are gonna do without a decent soundcloud it's gonna be weird though because you know if you don't have that and you want to like get you know possible deals with with people with records because you have this amount of followers and this amount of clicks mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to say oh are you gonna do it on Mixcloud now or are you gonna do it on some other platform that's free or or are you gonna just like either i don't know put it on twitter or facebook like you know like a live thing and see if you mm-hmm. get a lot of views and because that's how it is right now everything everything is social media really has changed the way everybody is now for for everything from pr to publicists to journalists to mm-hmm. artists actors athletes everything because people look at that and say oh this guy has a lot of followers and impressions and clicks let's put him on board let's put him on this and that because i will raise our brand up or whatever in that because you know everything's about sponsors and advertisement but mostly about those impressions mm-hmm. and i kind of learned that even this week when i went to a hostel and the radio station about the whole presenting yourself to the audience and and you know because we live in an entertainment business i mean news journalists don't want to hear this but even news people they're in the entertainment business too you're you're trying to brand yourself as a writer or or, or you know a editor or a host or something to get more money for the brand and for yourself. I mean, that's why you see Fox News when they have their shows, it's shows sponsored by whatever. Right, that's, that's they, where the money That's is. where all the money comes from. So it's like, you might have, you want to do the editorial side, you might want to do the audio editing, but at the end of the day, it's a business. And if you get those ads and advertisements, the business keeps growing and your brand keeps growing. It's just how it is. And I didn't know that when I was in college. I just thought it was just writing, writing, writing. Let me get my money and go home or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, then now it's just more of a marketing tool. Like social media is like a marketing tool. And I read even like for like if you got a journalism degree, it's like the new marketing degree because you're really trying to brand yourself out there too. And so you can get money and all this freelancing stuff. But for artists on SoundCloud, like this is just disheartening. And even for people who do podcasts, mm-hmm. so it'd be interesting though. I mean, we'll see what happens. That 
Here's my thing. Anytime some anytime an outlet like this goes away, yeah. or a resource like this goes away, another one steps in to fill the void. That's true. Um, I already understand that um, UGHH, Underground Hip Hop, is already making waves for artists to be able to, you know, they're basically building the exact same kind of platform that SoundCloud had so artists can do the exact same thing that they were doing at SoundCloud. So there's going to be people who are going to step in yeah. and take my, what I can't figure out what I really can't figure out is what was it about SoundCloud that made it so unprofitable that they had to go away in the first place? Were they not charging enough for ads? Were were the ads not worth it? Like I mean, the monthly prices. I don't know. I mean, I mean, for I know for a year it's probably it's like I think ninety nine or a hundred something for a year mm-hmm. for people who want the pro account, mm-hmm. and for people who have a free account, they have like a limit of like two hours or something like that. And then you just you got to delete it off, or you gotta just you know get the pro account. But it's interesting to see just how they make the money off of it, and that's probably why it's closing down. Because now, you know, you're seeing everywhere now a lot of layoffs in different companies because you know social media and 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 now everything being digital now. It's like, is it gonna be another platform better than SoundCloud? People are gonna go on in probably three or four years. We don't know what that platform's gonna be. But that's probably going to be the one that, that takes over SoundCloud. And then those artists has got to move on to that platform or something like that, even for the newcomers. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just... Everything it's, changes. Yeah. I remember one time rappers thought they couldn't get along without uh, MySpace. Yeah. And then Facebook came along. Facebook came along, took over cares everything. Nobody about MySpace anymore. And, you know, MySpace is like, it doesn't even exist anymore. Facebook has been like a 10-year thing that's still growing and growing. Yeah, and you which got, is insane. You got Twitter and you got Snapchat and you got Instagram. And then for all we know, there's probably another social media account or network that's going to be existing in two or three years that we don't even know what we're going to use next. Mm-hmm. And that's why a lot of companies got to get used to all these social media accounts because it helps them out with impressions, it helps them out with branding and digital, but... It's also killing a lot of jobs, and, you know, that's what sucks about it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, moving on to that, you know, it's funny. Uh, yesterday, um, I was watching Spider-Man, and, you know, we were just talking about this before. I think it's a, it's a great movie, man. Like, for me, as a Spider-Man fan, um, looking at a, a kid playing the role of it who's, like, 20 years old, but he looks like a kid, basically. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, being in the Queens neighborhood and all that stuff, like, living the Queens life, it's actually, it's, it's pretty cool. Like, he has that kid voice, he has that kid mentality, all these mistakes, even as a hero or whatever, trying to be, a, you know, a, a, one of the superheroes in the Avengers and all of that stuff, but it, it, was, it was a fun movie. I, I don't know if it's better than Spider-Man 2, review-wise, because Spider-Man 2 was a great movie, too. It was like review wise, I think it was like ninety four percent Rotten Tomatoes. It was almost like ninety three around there, ninety four. So worry about Rotten Tomatoes reviews though. Really? They tend to be a little shaky for me. Why? Because like, they give DC uh, movies really low and Marvel movies not, really high. Not just <laughs> that. I've seen them. I've seen them thumbs down some movies that I really enjoyed. I can't even sit. But it was. It happened so long ago that I can't even tell you which movie it was, which which couple of movies it was, but I know it was, a, it was a couple of movies in a row where when I happened to see those movies later, I was like, man, it was a good movie. I wish I had seen it in the theater. Only reason I didn't do it because of Rotten Tomatoes. And since then, I stopped checking for Rotten Tomatoes altogether. Like, I see when people advertise, like, hey, we just scored such and such on Rotten Tomatoes. I've yeah. seen that, but I never go to the site and see what they have to say about movies because I, I just kind of figure that whoever's rating these things has very different taste 
than I do. But there are also these critics that have been writing for like 25 years or something like that. Most of these mm-hmm. film critics, and, and those are the guys that have been experts, I guess. And they also the ones who vote for Oscars and who wins mm-hmm. this and that. But since I, sal- I salute it, but you know, I don't. You got to show me the guy who's been writing for 25 years who likes urban movies and recognizes mm-hmm. that you know Juice was a good movie and Boys and like I need that guy and then the but they review Hyde. And, and no, they were they yeah. were they review everything. I yeah. just I, I can't see. I wish I could tell you which movies, which movies they tanked that I actually like. Tupac. I can't remember. No, no, no. It was, this was uh, like a uh, minute ago. This uh, was like at least a year, maybe a year and some change ago. How long have they been around? What? Um, Ron Tomatoes. Tomatoes. Oh, long time, right? Yeah, probably a long time. Yeah. I'm, this was way back when. Straight Outta Compton was was. Um, Reviewed pretty well. I mean, you know, the NWA movie and everything that was reviewed really high. Like it was like ninety one percent. All Maybe the critics. I'll go back in and look again. Um, I could be wrong. Maybe the guy who <laughs> was trashing the movies that I dug, they got rid of him. Fantastic Four, the remakes sucked. I mean, that tanked really badly. Yeah. Van for a Superman sucked. I mean, that was like twenty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and 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 you know, you could be different about you can say oh it was this could have been better than this or it was just really disorganized and everything that wonder woman came along and then it was like oh now it's it's really high it's safe dc i haven't seen wonder woman either see that see that's a good dc movie that's actually putting up to the next level now wonder woman and spider-man are that you know what that's my agenda for the weekend well one woman spider-man movie weekend i'm gonna see wonder woman i'm gonna see spider-man i'm going to see what else is out there was something else that was out that i wanted to get war of the planet of the apes Definitely want to that see came, that. I think that's an underrated trilogy, in my opinion. I'm loving it. Beca- I, I don't yeah. know who's not. Who's people don't not talk about. People don't talk about the Planet of the Eight movies oh, like that. Like, I don't. I don't know what's wrong with them. When I saw Dawn, the second one, I was like, "This is a really good movie." Like mm-hmm. everything, the story, the setting of the whole end of the world thing, but the the you know the apes were there and they're still alive and there's a few humans because of the virus and all that. And then when this came along, it's like. This is the end, basically. This, is, this ends it all. Who's hum- But I heard, based on reviews, that when you watch the movie, you got to look at these species a little bit differently than before because of the movie, I guess. I don't know how the whole perspective is of apes and humans and this and that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's like a, one of those underrated, under-the-radar type of trilogy movies, in my opinion, because... You know, you got from Rise to Dawn to War, and, and the first one was like, you know, the star of everything. James Franco was in it. I don't know why he was in the second one and third one, I guess. But, you know, then the second one came, then the third one came, and then... I'm completely going to see that movie. That's a good movie. Told, I've seen them all. Uh, Dunkirk is a good is one that's going to come out next week, Who? too. Uh, Dunkirk is Christopher Nolan. He, dire- he directed Oh, it. oh, yeah, the, yeah. The yeah, war movie. Yeah, I'm not going to see that. You're not going to see that? They got a special 70 millimeter uh, type of movie in IMAX, which is like the big second biggest screen in the world. I saw Interstellar there, so that was it, fun. It can, that one can completely and totally wait till it comes out. On <laughs> I it's a sharp movie, classic. though. Ah, I'm good. But, yes, yeah, I mean, I wanted to see, you know, the one movie that I hope that could be great this year, and we'll talk about sports, but this is also an entertainment podcast, so we can talk about movies and TVs if we wanted to, but um, the one movie that I want to see probably is um, uh, Justice League and probably Thor in, like, November, which is going to be interesting to see because you're going to have Thor and Justice League come out in the same month, so I don't know which one's going to be better, but Thor looks I, great. I gotta see Thor. Because yeah, the trailer was, like, 24 hours, like, the most views ever. Yeah, and gotta see. Yeah, that was just insane. I mean, here's the other thing, man. It's not as if we have to choose. 
That's true. It's not like we have to choose. It's not like we, we can only see one or the other. We can totally go see both. Oh, you, can see, you can see both movies in one day. Or you can see yeah. both movies in, in, you know, Friday and Saturday or something like that. This is not an issue. This is not this is not a real issue. I am I know I'm not slacking on any of these movies. I'm totally going to see all of the above. I'm mad that I just missed Spider-Man the way I have, but I've been working my, my face off. But I'm this weekend... Yeah. Spider-Man and Wonder Woman is happening. When we come back here and we sit down here next week, Friday, <laughs> I will have seen both of those movies and Planet of the Apes. I may just camp out. I just may, <laughs> like, I might start when the movies open at, like, noon and just make it a movie day. All three in one day? Yeah, I just might, like, bring $100 so I can eat twice in the movie theater because that's all you can afford with $100 is two meals. Or you, could, or you could always just buy food and sneak it in, and you know. Yeah, see, you you want me to be a criminal? No, I'm not being a criminal. I'm just saying. I mean, people. I see some guy one time. I was watching Star Wars. Bring a pizza box. Literally, bring a pizza box into the theater, into what the audience. What was this? It it was um AMC. Where? Uh, Matt Bag don't even tell me what's uh, there. I don't <laughs> want everybody showing up there with boxes. Of pizza. But this guy had a pizza box. He had like a Chinese food thing, and he just went in like that. And Damn, then people were like, dude. whatever, it's good. Okay, I mean, sure. <laughs> whatever, I guess. It's crazy stuff. It's crazy stuff. But, you know, speaking on the entertainment side, I was getting to the sports of things. Uh, you know, it's been a dry week of sports, but there's always some good out of it. I mean, you had the ESPYs uh, happening on Wednesday, and I did see some of it. Payne Manning was hosting it, and as always, he's always been funny with these jokes and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Still laughing at that uh, Kevin Durant face. Yeah, yeah, that was just priceless when he talked about the whole, oh, gymnastics team, and, and then Kevin Durant wanted to join them. <laughs> and then, what do you think, Russell Westbrook? <laughs> and they just, like, cracked up and stuff. And, you know, Durant was, I think that was part of the act, though, him being, like, cold stuff. I don't know. Yeah, you said that before. I don't know if I I don't know if I believe it. It, it is possible. It's but possible. But, I mean, the first I saw it, I was like, oh, he's really tight. Like, if I was, if I was Kevin Durant, that's kind of what you have to say. Yeah. Afterwards, because people are killing you for for putting on such a sour face and not just going with it. Like people are kind of you know, damn, like, what's wrong with you? Lighten up, blah 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 blah. You know what I mean? You're catching yeah. all that flat. So I can see people um, completely having to. I I can see him having to say, oh no, it was just you know, it was just a part of the act. I can see that. I can see that too, but you know, like the whole SP's experience, I know people probably gonna hate on it because you know it's like they want to be like the Oscars and the and the other Golden Globe Awards, all these athletes and celebrities were there, and and you know actors and actresses that that are into sports and everything. Even someone from the from the Avenger movies and Brian Cranston was there presenting some award as well. Like mm-hmm. these, you know, these celebrities, they 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 like their their athletes, and you know. Best male athlete was Russell Westbrook, which was was you know, it was kind of obvious. I mean, he had a great year, of course. True. Uh, uh, female athlete was funny as Simone Biles from um, gymnastics, and she had a great year too with the Olympics and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, championship performance. I mean, it, it, that was debatable for me because it could have been, in my opinion, it could have been Watson, Brady, or Durant, and then they picked Durant, and also the one from um, the World Classic uh, World Baseball Softball. Uh, it was Durant, Brady, and then Watson, and and I mean it could have been Brady, it could have been Watson, because Watson had a great performance in college, winning that comeback and all that, and then Brady as well, he came back from, you know, basically twenty five points down and won the whole thing, mm-hmm. but you know they gave it to Durant because you know he pretty much put them over the top, yeah, put them put the Warriors over the top, so it's like it could have been either way, and then you had breakthrough athlete Dak Prescott. 
you know, NFL. He, he had a breakout year. I think could have been Giannis as well for the NBA or Aaron Judge of, of the Yankees, who's, who's like six seven and two seventy and just broke out of nowhere. Yeah, he's like the LeBron James, and we discussed that more. But uh, record breaking performance, um, Michael Phelps. You know, Michael Phelps had a great year. Uh, upset. I hope they don't really go through with that thing of him racing the shark. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. He's gonna do it. He's gonna. He's gonna die. Like something's gonna happen, dude. Unless that shark's got a muzzle on. <laughs> when I wouldn't even trust it. It's gonna be interesting to see that. Um, it's gonna be stupid. Like a shark swims twenty-five miles an hour. You can't out. If Michael Phelps does that, if he outswims a white shark, he's not human. I mean, it's just a fact that he's not human. Then if you could do that, and then you had upset Mississippi State. I saw that woman basketball Final Four. Actually, that game Mississippi State upsetting Connecticut. It was like at like a hundred and something old streak or whatever, which is ridiculous. When they upset it, that was pretty pretty interesting to see on the buzzer beater and all that. Best game Patriots and Falcons, I guess, because you know Patriots came back down, Falcons were up and everything. That was the best game. I won that. Uh, Jordan Nelson, comeback athlete. Aaron Rodgers, best play with the Hill Mary against the Giants. Uh, which, I don't know, he's just really good at Hill Marys now with Aaron Rodgers, like three of them are in his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, best team, of course, Golden State Warriors. I mean, they just blew out everybody. Usain Bolt, international athlete. I mean, he's just a freak of nature. Could run like 25 miles an hour or something like that. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, Green Bay Packers, best NFL player. Mike Trout, best MLB. You know, this could go on. LeBron James, who wasn't even there, though, because he was at the Summer League, won best <laughs> NBA. Yeah, I'm curious to see why he was watching Lonzo Ball play. Because, you know, I think everybody knows he's speculating that he's going to the Lakers or something like that because he wants to see this kid play. Um, I have a theory. Oh, you have a theory? Yes. I need to hear this. Then. Yeah. And then you had, uh, you know, male U.S. Olympic athlete Michael Phelps, female Simone Biles as well. I mean, Michael Phelps is like, winning at most of these awards i mean this guy is a, he's 32 years old he has the most olympic gold medals in history so it's like yeah he's, what do he's you expect? i mean he's crazy he's, he, is, have you seen his the way his diet is like yeah. the food that he eats is like at least actually it's over seven thousand calories Whoa. yeah as he eats i think for breakfast i think i remember this correctly he ate he eats three egg sandwiches three big pancakes like Two waffles and, and cereal. Like, he eats a lot of food. That's a lot of food for a man. And, yeah, he swims a lot. So, you know, he burns a lot. But, yeah, just the way look his body is and everything, he eats a lot of food. So, it's crazy stuff. It's not like The Rock, though. The Rock, I know The Rock eats a lot of food. And that's why he's humongous and stuff like that. I just, I, dude, this just sounds like ridiculous to me. Just it's great. The idea of trying to eat that much. I, I could just see myself throwing up. I don't even think I could hold it down like that. Yeah, I don't know how these athletes do it. Like The Rock and him and, and athletes who eat a lot of food, like like football linemen too. They eat a lot of food. I don't know how they do it, but they eat a lot of food. And if I were a quarterback, I'll do the same thing. Like they protect me well, I'm going to take them out to eat. Oh, you yeah. Know, like stuff like that. Everybody gets steak every night. Yeah. Think about what's on the other side of that offensive line. Yeah. That's after you. Yeah. At all times. Yeah. No, I'm feeding the world. Yeah, so you gotta like you gotta appreciate them what they do because the, the, the offensive lines in football are always like the MVPs, like the under the radar MVPs because they can control the pace of a game if, if the it's real co- MVP. yeah because they they can protect you from either you know, getting sacked or fumbled or all that stuff and or just dying. <laughs> like, 
and really protecting you from being a dead man. Yeah, and and, and that's why I feel like they, they should always be appreciated and take him out of food and everything. But yeah, so let me so tell me more about the theory of you with Lonzo Ball and LeBron. My theory doesn't involve Lonzo. My theory involves um, <coughs> so LeBron's got one more year, right? Yeah. Before he can go. Anywhere. I think it should trade him. Melo's got one more year before he can go anywhere. He's going to Rockets. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that more yeah. after this. Melo's got one more year before he can go anywhere. Chris Paul just went for a deal one year with with uh, the Rockets yeah. last year, right? And D-Wade is on his last year with uh, Chicago. My prediction is at the end of the 2018 season, all four of those guys find a spot to play together. They're all going to try and go to the exact same place so they can play on the same team at the same time. That's my theory. I think I think it really doesn't matter where they go right now because they're just going for one year. I think everybody's got one year left on their deal, and then it's just a matter of where they're going to go to play. Who has the cap room to sign all of them? Especially since they've all already had max deals. Yeah. At one time or another, I think. No, wait. Did D Wade ever get a max deal? Yeah, he took pay cuts. But the only max deal he has is Chicago Bulls. Sort of. You don't give him like a. a yeah, kind of. So. I think Bron, Melo, <laughs> and CP3 would be cool letting him get the get the most money out of the deal, seeing as how he's always taking pay cuts. Be thirty six. You're missing the point. They just want to play together. I don't. I don't really think they care about. At this stage, I don't think they care about money. Only a couple of them care about rings. Well, no, excuse me. Yeah, only two of them care about rings. CP3 and Melo. Those are the only two who don't have any rings, right? And they, they're best friends. All four of them, we know they're all four best friends. I think right now they are setting up to where at the end of the 2018 season, you're going to see all four of them say, okay, now where we want to play? Who's got the money? Where, where are we going to go? Who's got the cap room? Who's got the space? Where can we go right now and get it popping? Where Wade can, like, you know, play the bench, me, Melo, and CP3 at the point, like, where can we go right now and, and make it happen? I think if Melo stays in New York... I don't think he's going to stay, though. They've already suspended talks because Houston's not... Um, they're not getting what they want out of the trade. Well, they don't want... Knicks don't want Kyle... Ryan, Ryan, I mean, was Ryan Anderson. They don't want Ryan Anderson, so that's kind of stopping everything right now, apparently. Yeah. Well, I mean, Steve Mills, the new GM, is a Melo fan. He likes Melo. Well, Steve Mills is now the president, president and me. Scott, per, uh, what's his name? They just had this on, on Bleach Report, too. Uh, Scott Perry. Scott who, Perry. Who's now the new GM because he's from the Kings. So. The, president doesn't, the president is actually a, Knicks, uh, a Mellow fan. He, both of these guys like Mellow. They, they both like Mellow. They're both fans of Mellow. So they don't want to let him go unless they feel like they're getting equal value. The problem is... Phil Jackson has done so much maligning and undercutting of Melo, he's depreciated the asset. So now people don't feel like they can just give the New York Knicks whatever and, and get that. And it's not happening. I'm telling you, dude, mark my word. They all have one year left. Whatever happens this year right now for them is irrelevant. I'm predicting the 2019 season, all four of these guys are, are going to make a play. I don't know if they're going to pull it off because they got to find a team with room, right? They got to find a team that can actually hold all this. I don't know if they pull it off, but mark my words, 2019, they're all going to try and find one place to play at the same time. You think they won't do it next year? 
it's got to be it's got to be when their deals are up. Melo has an option though. You could just yeah go he, off he, and then he's go. Got, it's still one more year left. No, no matter where he goes, it's one more year left on his contract. They're all gonna be free agents at the same time. Even if they get traded, they're all gonna be free at the same time. It's just a matter of where they go, right? That has space. New York will have room. No, you know that. L.A. will have room. Yeah, of course. Um, you got you got a bright future in L.A. Right. You got Ball and um, Randall and Ingram. So. Uh, OKC will have room. Oh yeah, I don't know they play on Westbrook though. Well, I mean, they would if he's like still doing his thing, and you know, he he now takes the two guard spot. CP3 takes the point. You know, LeBron and Melo at the four, at the three and the four. You know what I mean? If Paul George is there, Paul George can play the two if he wants to. You know what I mean? Like, they, they, they'll they have options. They'll have, Melo can come off the bench. They, at this point in his career, he should come off the bench. They'll figure it out. Yeah. My, my point is, I, and I'm not I'm not even telling you how successful that team would be. No, they're going to be like, uh, they're going to be, we're going to talk about super teams too after this because you, you, you want to do the super team concept here of all these four old well, players. That, that, yeah, but I don't know how, like I said, I don't know how successful they'd be because they're all going to be, like, up in age by then. Yeah, Warriors just got to laugh at their face. I'm not saying they'll, they'll beat the Warriors. My whole theory just <laughs> is just predicated on the notion that those four guys have been trying to play with each other their whole careers. Yeah. And they just got close when it was D-Wade and, and, um, and, um, and LeBron. But now they're, they're putting themselves in a position where all four of them will be free agents at the same time. And I promise you they're going to try to find some place to play together. They're going to ride out into the sunset together. They're all going to take like two or three year deals and they're all going to play at the exact same spot. Now, the place where they could make the most money and see the most fame is either New York or LA. Well, yeah. Those are the only those are the only two places that really can hold that level of star power and turn them into stars whether they win or lose games. Just the fact that they'll be wearing those colors will be a big deal. It would be it would behoove Melo if he stays to get them to all come to New York, because now you have a real squad. You have the three, four, and a five, and a point. You have CP3 at the point. You got D Wade coming off the bench for the two if he wants to. But you got the three and the four with Melo and LeBron, and you got Kristaps in there for the five. No, what about the Frank kid and uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. who they signed? And then what about Herman Gomez? The, the, nothing, nothing changes. Now you just have a deeper bench. <coughs> That's true. You got you got three three or four all stars in the front in the starting lineup, and you got a really deep, youthful bench that can learn from these veterans that you're bringing in. And two of them have championship rings. You dig what I mean? Yeah. You, you get CP3 teaching Frank. You have CP3 teaching uh, uh, Ron Horton. Yeah, Ron Baker. Ron, Ron Baker. You have him teaching Baker. Like you know what I mean? Now your your rookies yeah. get to learn from some of the best that ever play. You still have a, a top, arguably a top top five player in LeBron at the time. I'm, I'm predicting that he's going to maintain his body. He's I think he's going to be top five when he's like 35, 36. I the guy's so a freaking nature, so think, he'll figure I think it out. Melo now has someone to pass to. He's altered his game to shooting, so he's not trying to like bust his shoulder up going in there anymore. And you have Kristaps, who probably gonna be like 24, 23, 24. Be entering his prime time years, which is the time where he can win with these guys. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. I'm predicting like if, if New York is smart, they buy their time. 
If you can get Melo to stay, if Melo sticks around, he's got a no trade clause. If Melo sticks around and you don't trade him and you hang on to him for this year, at the end of the year you let him know, you know, hey, listen, you get your boys to come over here, we'll roll out the red carpet. Everybody gets whatever they want. You know what I mean? We we got we have money. When does um when does uh what is this this burger? When does Noah come off the books? <laughs> not, not, not anytime soon. I know that. Really? Nope. <laughs> that contract is there unless they buy him out, but yeah. they still gotta pay him then. Yeah, they buy him I out. I mean, buy him out. Get him off the books. Like, just get him out of here. But you're you still paying him. That's the thing. Like, James Dolan already wasted money on Phil Jackson, on Derek Fisher, on on other players that have been bought out, and it's like. I know he's not trying to buy out Jeff Hornacek or fire him because then you got to pay him the next, like, two years. So it's like you might just let it ride out and then pick somebody else, depending on who the GM wants and depending on what Steve Mills wants because we still got to give Hornacek a chance. We don't even know if he, wait, wait, he, 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 can, can, really he can really do it if it's his system. My, my, my vote is still for Mark Jackson. I know because we want big names, and that's the problem with us. Me? No, us. I'm no, saying no, offense. No. I don't look at Mark Jackson as necessarily a big-name coach. I, you you know where Mark Jackson's strength is that people just completely and totally overlook? Development. Development. He took a team that did not have a number one draft pick, didn't have a number two draft pick. I think the highest draft pick on the Warriors at the time was like seven, six or seven. Seven. Because the Knicks were eighth. And I right. remember that draft. Highest draft highest draft pick they had. All these guys who were basically unknowns. Some of them were second rounders, second and third rounders. And he developed them into the team that they became. And he got a couple pieces from here and there, Livingston from New Jersey. and You know, he, he collected some pieces. People dollar, yeah. But look what he turned them into. He developed them into that team. Well, they were a defensive team when he was there. And then now they, they, their offense was good. But the problem with them was that he played them a lot of minutes. And that's probably why they were, like, gassed out most of the time. But they're not going to say that, of course. The players are just going to play and play. And, and I mean, well, they, and they loved him. No, no, they, they, they still they love him. him. They didn't want him to get yeah. fired. They, they still, still love him. Coach. They still yeah. respect him. They still give him credit. Even, even Steve Kerr gives him credit for yeah. the way they, he the, the, the development and all, defensive all unit. Develop, all development. And you, I think if you get Mark Jackson around up-and-coming brand-new talent, he will bring out the best in them. And he challenges the vets because – He's Mark fucking Jackson. At the end of the day, he's still Mark Jackson. He knows how to play the game. I'm telling you, man, I, I see I see bright things in the Knicks' future. I don't know I about this that concept, though. Knowing that the Knicks traditionally make the exact wrong move every time. Do you mean just like right now with this whole promoting Steve Mills and hiring this guy that we don't even know? That's actually good or bad? We don't know yet? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> good. Because Mel's like, what? He just signed Hardaway, and now it's like, what? Because this guy is just a, a offensive player who's still below average player who hasn't improved on defense at all, even though the Hawks kind of he helped him out. He, he did. He's athletic. I'll give you that. He's young. He's, he's so a, decent, a very good two-way player. Yeah. His offensive game is definitely better. Would he compliment Porzingis and Frank? That's that's waiting to be seen because we don't know how he's going to be with this core group. We don't know how he's going to help Porzingis out with spacing. We don't know if Frank's going to pass him out for a three or something like that. Well, they're building the core. Well, the f- they want the core to be Porzingis, Young, Frank, Frank, Hardaway, and what well, Porzingis, and, and Herman Gomez, yeah. Right. Which I think is, on paper, 
I haven't seen what Frank can do yet. We've seen what Herman Gomez Porzingis can we do. We know what Herman Gomez can do. He's, he's a, he can ball. He, he, and he's he, getting better. And he I, can play both sides. With turnovers, and that was like not hesitating, like where he run into a three-second violation or turn the ball over, get slapped out of his hands because he's bringing it too low before he puts it back up. Yeah. Like, but when he's doing it, he's doing it. I'm not mad at Herman Gomez at all. I'm not mad. And, you know, I, I, think, I think the idea of getting young – Athletic two-way players, definitely a smart move. Well, and also the fact that they said that they wanted more youth, accountability, and unselfish players, which is pretty much a, a diss to Melo in his play. So well, we know that. I also think I also think that if that's the new philosophy, you give if you don't trade Melo, which I, I don't know if they're gonna do. Right? Okay, let me say this off the record. I'm not anti-trading Melo. No, I'm not. Like, I'm as not. As much as I love Carmelo Anthony, as much as I love Carmelo, Anthony, yeah. If, if he's got to go, he's got to go. He's got to go because it's just it, – we're we trying to put him in a better situation. and He just wants to be here because it's New York and it's the money and this and that. I don't believe that. You think he really wants to win here? Yes. Maybe when he wants to win, then he should have taken a pay cut. Or this is what he should have done if you were smart. You should have waited out your Nuggets contract, signed with the team before you trade all those players for you, and you probably would have been better. I never said he was a smart businessman. Which he wasn't because he could have – I'm he just saying. If, I think we could have had a – no, oh, we could have been contending with the Heat. We probably would have been better than the Heat yeah, with the supporting yeah, cast. Totally. Like, with, with, when Stoudemire was here and he had, like... Yeah, Garnari and Wilson Chandler and Felton and Moscow. So that bench would have been better. And the fact that you could put Garnari at possibly power four or whatever and Wilson Chandler shooting... Like, the team would have been really big. Right. Like, it's once, a big team. Stoudemire started declining. Yeah. Garnari in there to do his thing. Absolutely. I, I totally, I'm totally with you. Yeah. And Wilson Chandler in there, who was like... He's athletic. Really yeah, he's really, big. Really getting it cracking. I never said he was the best businessman. I just know that he wants to be here. Like, I have it on great authority that he wants to be in the heat. He soured on it because of what he just went through. And because of what the coaching has been and the philosophy has been. And he hasn't had anybody to pass it to. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. He hasn't had anybody to pass the ball to. He's had to, like, play one-on-one ball and hero ball and all that other stuff. I don't like it when he does it. No one does because he's like you gotta miss the shot most but of the time. I don't even think he wants to do it. I don't. I don't think he. I don't think that's his plan. I don't think his goal is to go out there and have to take every shot. I think he's down to take the last shot, the winning shot. I think he's up for the pressure of you know win, lose, or draw. I'll take the shot. You know if I if I gotta be the guy, I'll be the guy. I think he's up for that. But I don't think he necessarily wants to go someplace else and win after investing all this time here. I think he's down to win here. It just needs... We never got him any help. No, I really didn't. I mean, he really didn't get... You got like to a, say that. Like, well, besides Stoudemire, but he was in decline. Stoudemire, he came to Stoudemire, and Stoudemire was on the, on, yeah. heading on the way down, and that wasn't his fault. Like, we we have to take into account all the things we've put Melo through since he's been here. How many different coaches? How many different teammates? How many different systems? Like, But he Melo didn't, he didn't like D'Antoni, though. And then some reason he wants to go to the Rockets now and play with him again. Because I, I, because it's only for a year. Yeah. It's only for a year. It only has to be for a year. You don't have to do the heavy lifting with James Harden running around. And Chris Paul. And you still get to play with one of your homeboys. I'm telling you, this whole thing is one big maneuver to find a place where all four of them can play together. I'm See, I would believe that. But then there's something in my mind that's telling me LeBron to the Spurs makes complete sense after this year. In my opinion, it it does because he could play a Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard could play the Jordan role, and LeBron could play the Pippen role, and you got a great coach in, in Popovich who will put him in the right situation, mm-hmm. who will maximize his talent, if he and wants probably a the ring, 
if he wants another ring, he goes to the Spurs. He goes to the Spurs. But would would they contest? Would they even beat the Warriors though? Even if he went to the Spurs? I think if he goes, I think because the, think about that game before Kawhi got hurt, the Spurs were really handed it to him. But I still think the Warriors would have won like in five or six though, even if Kawhi was healthy. But yeah. Kawhi just made it tougher. But yeah, but that yeah. that becomes different with LeBron on the team. That does. That that becomes we that becomes different with LeBron on the team. And um, LaMarcus Aldridge off the team. If he's, he he well, didn't show up at all. Well, if LaMarcus Aldridge is playing with LeBron and Kawhi Leonard, I think he plays better. Yeah, but I don't think he's going to – I don't even think he's going to be there. But I agree with you. I agree with you. If he's there, LeBron and Kawhi are there too, I think he definitely plays he's, better. He plays a third role, third shooting. I think it's much better for him. Even though it's weird, though, because when he was in Portland, he was number one option. He and he was not, scoring, yeah. like, outballing – uh, Dwight Howard and the power. Snipes, best power forward in the game. And then most nights he can be like the bottom feed of the power forward because he doesn't score and doesn't do any of this or that. So it's like he's mad consistent. His plays are consistent. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. 2019, I'm just waiting to see what happens. It could happen, but. It could happen, but like I told you before, if LeBron goes to the Spurs, then that changes everything. Then right. the people are going to be like, oh, if, it's if not going to happen. If that becomes an option for him, I think he goes. I think it's more realistic than him going to the Spurs and the Lakers. Unless the Lakers have some kind of youth movement going where they're like the seventh seed this year, and they and Ball is playing great, and Ingram's playing great, and Randall's playing I think Randall's on the team. Yeah, Randall's playing great. Like, you have Magic Johnson there, who probably could help LeBron be better. And the fact that they pretty much play at the same position, it's like you can help him out better too. But you you also have to re- you also have to keep in mind that if these four get together, I don't think their egos are telling them that they need to be on the Spurs in order to win. I think their egos say to them, if all four of us get on the team, it's a wrap. Yeah, but they don't. They still can't beat the Warriors though. I don't think that they believe that. I believe that. I believe that they that could without, beat the Warriors. No, no, no. I believe yeah. that without, without, if they don't have like a good coach, a really, really good bench, those four by themselves can't beat the Warriors. I believe. See, that. in a perfect scenario, if all four of them play together, Phil Jackson should come out of retirement and coach the team. In a perfect scenario, uh, yeah, but that, I don't know that that'll never we, happen. We, we need ninety-six <laughs> Phil Jackson. You know what I mean? We couldn't have the dude from twenty-seven. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't want to travel and doesn't do any press con. We can't. That guy's not going to win anybody anything. Because you know it's funny. We talked about this before about how Steve Kerr is coaching the Warriors. Like the one team that Jackson would have coached probably if he wanted to like end his career right would be the Warriors because mm-hmm. of the team constructed and the spacing and helping. He loved players like Clay and Green and Iguodala, and then you had players like Durant, and and then you had a player like Curry. Like he just elevates them. But Kerr has done a great job too. I'm gonna take any away from Kerr because. Kerr, even though he had all this problems and stuff like that, and they were still playing great. They know that they needed Kerr back in the finals because he's like the guy who does everything in charge and passionate and knows these players well and elevate their games and everything. So, I mean, the guy has like now seven rings total from three with the Bulls, with two with the Spurs, and then now two with the Warriors. So this guy's like, he's getting up there now. Almost a thing, yeah. I mean, he's just he's a winner, and you know, he he's always been in good situations in his whole career. Whatever it's the Bulls with Jordan, where it's the Spurs with Duncan, and now with Curry, and, and it's it's crazy though. LeBron wants another ring. It's the Spurs. Goes to the Spurs. That's the only way. Like this well, whole friendship concept on the banana boat thing. I don't know if that that's gonna work for them to win, but I'm, I'm telling you, I don't think I don't. 
Because the perfect scenario would be they're all old and they want to play together. Just go to New York because apparently every old player, and I was talking about this with my brother yesterday before we watching movie, actually after watching Spider-Man, like, oh, this whole, every New York player that that comes to the Knicks or every player that comes to the Knicks, they're all old. They're like 34, 35. They're pass out of their prime. Like Tracy McGrady and Steve Francis and McTumbo and, and, and Marbury in some way. Yeah. Not Marbury. Well, Marbury was like young, but they messed him up. I think that Tony messed him up really because yeah. he didn't even play him and stuff yeah, like that. Like, yeah, that, that, was, that, was, that, was, that was one of the black marks on Dan Tony's yeah. record. Because he was Marbury. a good player. It wasn't like he was bad. Marbury, Steph, yeah. No, Steph, was, Steph, was, Steph was a beast. Yeah. Even then, he was like our franchise dude. Yeah. Again, we gave him a team. He had Eddie Curry as a center. <laughs> like, what is what going to happen? He had, you gave him Eddie Curry as a center. Yeah, like, that was they, terrible. They, again, we were terrible at building around a franchise. And it's, it's, it's why I'm not... It's why I'm not mad at Melo because it's what we consistently do. Like we had the assets for Melo to join the team and really make a real, real run. But, but the problem was that we just traded, we traded everything away, the and then we it's like four really, really dope players to get one guy, two guys back. Chauncey Billups on in the decline. And yeah, and Melo was it's not LeBron. Like if you're going to do a four-player trade for LeBron, I think you under, it's understandable because you'll nah, make it. everybody better. I get it. But Melo's just a scorer. Who, who right now is not playing good defense. We know what he is. He got to play power forward for the rest of his career because he can't play with these athletic guys. And, and the problem is now, you're seeing a lot of guys playing power forward. So it's like, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to put him at center? Then he's going to get bulldozed by a center or something like that. So it's like it's hard for him to even know what he can play right now. It depends on which center we're talking about. Because if it's Boogie Cousins, then yeah, he's going to get one. Yeah. But if it's a guy who's shaped like Kristaps Porzingis playing as a five, then yeah, Melo's going to, like, Completely folded. But Brazilian's getting big now. Uh, you seen? I seen clips. I mean, I seen the images on Instagram. Yes. Yeah. 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 He got bigger biceps now. Looks like, and he looks like his chest is getting bigger. Well, it's hard for them to stay small. Well, yeah. He's like, twenty one. He's about to be twenty one. It, it was kind of only one way to go. It was kind of only <laughs> one direction for that that dude to go size wise. Like, I mean, but Dirk is skinny, and Dirk is like, you know, he's not big, but he's yeah, strong. But, Dirk but also he, doesn't play the inside. That's true. He's more of an outside guy. Yeah. Dirk. Dirk doesn't go to the rack and dunk and Dirk is also one of the most awkwardly painful <laughs> looking runners I've ever seen in my life. His run up the court just looks labored at every step. Like his wrists are bent the wrong way. His legs never seem to really be fully cooperating with the rest of his body. It's, oh, just, God. it's just painful. When you look at him run, it's just awkward, dude. Like it's like, I know you people see me on, on uh, air, but it's like, you know, I'm running here, like, if it's Dirk or something, it's just weird. Like, I know how he looks, runs. It's it just weird. Like it hurts. It, every, <laughs> every step looks like it hurts. Like, oh, Dirk, just stop. But Porzingis can dribble the ball, which is get, he's getting better at. And I, and I told us before, if he dribbles the ball like a point guard, it's it's scary to see. And it's also like, wow. <laughs> like, he's got like a it's dribble. difficult, though, because that ball's got to travel a long way for him to dribble. He's got he long strides, though, with the get, ball. Yeah, but he can get ripped. That too. That's a that's the thing about left. Like, like you see, like Durant, who has good ball handling, but he also get could get ripped. But he's actually getting better at protecting the ball. But you see, like a guy like Giannis, who's like seven feet almost, and it's, it's easier for him to get steal because he's I don't think he's used to controlling the ball like that. And smaller point guards just steal the ball away from him because he's long, so it's like it's easier for you to steal. Long way to travel. Yeah. Go up and all the way up. Yeah. And all the way down to the floor and then back all the way up. There's a <laughs> lot of room for somebody to just reach in there and be like, oh look, a ball. It's long strides though. Like the rank could get like three steps to the to the rim basically, yeah, you, and it's you, long they strides. They can get past you, but if you get your hand between all the way up and all the way down. 
If you get your hand anywhere in there, that's a, that's a steal. It's crazy to see. Or at least disruption. Yeah, that's that's what it is. So they, he's just Porzingis is getting better. I think he's gonna get better. I think he's gonna have a good year, but it's just depend on can he be that guy and say, oh, I'm gonna take this team on my back and score and rebound and block and assist and all that and dribble the ball and stuff like that. But this whole super team concept, we had to talk about this because you know you had your little concept of oh, all these four friends are gonna be playing together and everything. Well, super teams in NBA have been you know long in existence since like the beginning probably since the bill russell years since the lakers since the knicks who have like what 10 hall famers on that squad that won a championship to the larry bird years to magic of course and, and that whole roster of great players and everything playing together to the bulls to even in some ways the rockets uh the kings 2000s, the Lakers, of course, for Shaq and Kobe, and and you know 2004, they try to do it again as well with Gary Payton, Malone. Like, it's just so many super teams, and and I don't know if it's good for the league. I think for me, I like watching that because you're seeing a lot of these competition, all these players playing together, and it's high power. Like you've seen the the Cavaliers and Warriors, and and you know the past three years have been the finals with these three teams, and they all don't like each other and stuff like that, even though they're all like fine make fun of each other after they win a championship and everything. That's just how it is. Um, like Richard Jefferson, when he went to the to the Warriors, uh, one of their players was getting married and stuff like that, and he's on video on Snapchat with Curry and he goes down, and he's like, I'm one and one against him, one and one, this and that. So, you know, these guys are all against each other, even though they've been, you know, playing and, and stuff like that. But super teams, what is a super team, though? Because – People say, well, it's four all-stars or more, and you're all playing together, and you basically need to blow everybody out because you're a super team, and you're supposed to be doing that. Mm-hmm. And to me, a super team, I think it's much more than just having a group of all-stars together. I think a super team is is the ability to, to play together and having no egos, even though there is some egos involved in even past super teams, but really it's just about – continuity and the chemistry being built and and the fact that you're including role players in that in that not just you three or four playing together you're including the role players in that and and you just you know it's not about me it's about the team and Mm -hmm. and you know that's why this whole thing about right now all these all-stars trying to team up together because they're trying to beat the Cavs and the Warriors and even Cleveland's trying to get better too but like for instance Paul George and Westbrook you know it's not a super team because they no. still need two more at least. Uh, you have now Chris Paul and Harden. If they get mellow, what? That's a super team? You can probably say that because you have two Hall of Famers and probably one that's going to be a Hall of Fame. And you have, um, you know, them trying to unsee the Warriors. But the problem with that team is that you have a lot of ego. And it's going to be a problem for them to get justice to each other. Mm-hmm. And that's why I don't like this whole teams trying to, to be together to beat the Warriors because the thing about the Warriors is that what makes it a super team is, like I said before, the chemistry, the continuity, and all these four saying, you know what, it's not about me, it's about the team, and whoever gets the most points, whatever that night, they get the most points that night. They don't care about who scores. They don't care. That's what really a super team is when you guys all work together, and it's not about me, it's about the team. And, and I don't know about the Rockets, if they can do that, because 
there's a lot of me within Paul and Harden with dominating the ball. There's a lot of me with Melo if he joined with the Rockets. Like, I can see that. Yeah, and then you look at Cleveland, and, and you know, LeBron's saying he's never been on super team, but, you know, he's lying. He, he's been on super teams. LeBron said that? Yeah, LeBron said after they lost. Like, oh, I never played on a super team before. What a so. liar. Well, we all know he's a liar. He's just trying to say because the Warriors are so great. He's like, oh, I've never been on a super team. But, like, the Heat were a super team that first time, and, and, and Bosh and Wade and him. You know, they, they played together, and they tried to win a championship that year, but they failed. And then the next year they did, of course, and all that stuff. I've but never been on the super team. You <laughs> be ashamed. Well, you know, you know he's going to try to do something to suck up and say, oh, look, like, the, 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 they're better than us in every way. So, you know, I've never been on a super team before or something like that. But, I mean, if you dominate the Eastern Conference the way you did and you beat everybody up and you blew out the Celtics by, like, 40 and 50, I mean, come on, you know. Like, the what fact you got. first super team. That I remember, like the modern era, him Wade and Bosch. Yeah. Stop it. I know. I mean, like, like you're pretty much what you're saying is you're dissing Wade and Bosch, saying they're scrubs or they're not good enough to, to be on the super team or something like that, which is weird because Wade, if I remember correctly, tried to save him from try to save him, but they fell away in the finals when he was averaging like thirty something points and he was actually playing pretty well. Just LeBron wasn't there, and I don't know what the heck he was doing most of the time. He was just like shying away or whatever. And he had these excuses in the press conference like, oh, well, you know, I'm not trying to score or anything. You know, we got somebody who was hot going, so we had to keep him going. It's like, you know, all these excuses or whatever. Yeah, he had yeah. triple-double. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the super team stuff. So, you know, like the 84-85 Lakers, you know, that year, I believed um, the team won the championship. 94-95 Magic, Shaq, and Penny Hardaway. I mean, we will remember that group. But they, they had a great squad. They were like 60-win team, but they lost. Supersonics, you had Gary Payne and Sean Kemp in that roster. I mean, you know, they were a great dynamic duo, but they lost against the Bulls. The Rockets, you had Keem, Clyde, and Barkley who wanted to win. So he wanted to join them, and they had this little thing to call super teams to try to beat the Bulls, even though in the season even the Bulls beat, beat them like, you know, crazy because Jordan just went off. And they lost to the Jazz in game six of that Western Conference Finals when John Stockton hit the game-winning shot. Mm-hmm. So they had – People forget about the 2001, 2002 Kings because he had Chris Webber who was playing yeah, great, and they had six that. players, and that probably didn't include some super teams. But I know you gotta have a lot, certain a lot of players in double digits basically to play together. And that Kings team had him and six other players had a, average over double digit numbers, so they were like in the tens, the twelves, the thirteen. They were all playing together basically. And they couldn't beat the Lakers because, you know, Lakers had Shaq and, you know, Kobe. And there was some controversy in that final saying it was kind of rigged because they were getting a lot of calls that shouldn't have been calls. And, like, it was bad. It was really bad. Like, I remember that series. And then you had the Lakers, of course, 2003, 2004 with Shaq, Kobe, Malone, and Payton. And people say it was a super team because you had almost four people there. But then you had the Heat, of course, LeBron, Wade, and Bosh. But to be close to the, most of the players have to be close to their prime. Yeah, that too. Everybody can't be on a decline. Like Peyton, when half the squad is on a decline, it's not really a super team. When Peyton and Carmelo are the shadows of what we know them to be, yeah, they're not super that's, team. That's not, that's, not a super that's that's why I feel like super teams. It can't just be it's having like a move. Yeah, it can't be like all these all stars together and saying, "Oh, you're a super team automatically." I think you need to have some sort of you need to be in your prime. You have to have continuity. You have to have chemistry. You need to you know, play together. And sometimes having multiple all-stars on one team is that can make you a super team. just makes you a good team. But mm-hmm. if you want to be an all-time great team like the Warriors or the Bulls or whatever, you need to be dominant and you need to play together. And then you had 
2013-2014 Nets, remember correctly, you had Williams, Johnson, Lopez, and you had Paul Pierce and Garnett, and you had Terry and Karolinko and those guys off the bench. That, that should have worked. That, that should have worked, but the problem with that team was that it felt like Paul Pierce and Garnett were, of course, out of their prime, but Williams wasn't playing his best. Johnson was doing what he could. Uh, Lopez, you know, he, he's a scorer. He's not going to be like a defender or anything. So they really, on paper, look like they should have been a great team on that lineup, but it, it wasn't. I also think Kidd was uh, a rookie. rookie yeah, exactly. It was. You didn't have a, a coach, a veteran coach, capable of, of, of orchestrating that team into being a championship contender. You had a rookie coach, and I think that's the mistake, too, they had. I think that was the first mistake. <laughs> Yeah. Like not not to not to take anything away from Jason Kidd. Because they had a good season, but what he's doing yeah. with the Bucks is, is something else. But they've lost a lot of games that they should not have lost because Kidd's not used to being on that side of the bench. I mean, you know, that side of the clipboard. He's used to being on the other side of the clipboard. And they're off to a bad start too, if I remember correctly, before they put Pierce to the bench and then suddenly they were playing a little bit better. But and they also had Livingston in that team, I believe. Yeah. So they were yeah they were good, but the problem is was that like I said like. We think about because it's just all stars and you're selling a super team. There's much more than that to being a super team. I think people this factor the whole chemistry, the whole continuity, and also being dominant. Like teams that we remember that our super teams are dominant. They're not like above average or trying to be a third seed or fourth seed. They're more like a first seed, second seed, and have like a 10 game lead over somebody or something like that. And, you know. This whole now, everybody trying to do this in the NBA now, it's going to be interesting to see because I don't know if they have the power or the, the continuity to do it, but it'll be interesting to see if they can try to unsee the Warriors and Cavaliers. You know, it's going to be interesting. And then um, even in other sports like the NFL, we have football. like page. It's hard in football because you can have all these and still lose. Right. Like Patriots, for instance, 18-0, almost gets closed and lost. And they were great offense and defense super team. Yeah, and you know it's, it's kind of hard in football. In baseball, it's also difficult too because you can be great with all these like the Yankees. If people yeah, hit the Yankees, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why Yankees when that year they had like 120 wins and and, and they were um, dominant in the 90s. That was a super team because they were great pitching and hitting. But, like, other teams that try to do the same thing, it's like how everybody hates the Yankees because they all get these authors, like eight authors in the lineup, and they're all great, and it's hard to beat them, and then you can still lose with that lineup. Like, that's what it is. Like, baseball is tricky because you could get hot at the right time, you could beat somebody. And football, it's like one game you lose. And basketball, seven game series, most of the time, a super team comes out on top. Right. So it's hard. Team wins. <clears throat> yeah. So I have breaking news here, actually as I was talking about the super team concept and Melo is frustrated about the whole um next put potential trade to Rockets on Hoy was frustrated about that apparently cuz you guess he really wanted to go to the Rockets and start well, a new he just pre- wants it to be over already <sighs> like whatever's going to happen just let it happen I don't know if he wants it to be over but it's just, it's just if he wants to really why don't he just ask for a buyout cuz I, I think that's already been taken off I think, I think Jackson wants to do it. Jack- I think that's the move that got Phil Jackson fired. Yeah, that's probably why too. I don't know, man. It, it, all this stuff, just 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 let the man just go to the Rockets and whatever. Let him have for one. It's not like they're gonna win. At least you're getting him out of your conference. That too, but the thing is, like the East is so weak if he leaves. Right. Like everybody went to the West. 
Paul George went to the West. Jimmy Butler trade went to the West. Like the East is so it's just LeBron and and Kyrie, and Giannis, and maybe Wall, and that's it. That's it. Like who who else is there in the East that can say, oh, he's gonna be great? I mean, Porzingis is on the rise. Hopefully, he's an All Star. He's on, he's on, yeah, but it's like all the good players are gone, and you what you got to put Porzingis maybe could be an All Star this year. I think I think he could be an All Star based on everybody moving around. I think there's a chance that he has the opportunity to be an All Star if he has a good year. If he averages like twenty and ten or like twenty two and eleven or something like that, and shoots like fifty something, then he's gonna be an All Star, and he should be an All Star. I mean, the guy is gonna be great. And, like, Car Anthony Towns, same thing. He's going to have a great year again in the Western Conference. I don't know if the Timberwolves are going to go far, though, because even though they have Jimmy Butler, they still have a lot of pieces. They got to address their defense. They got to address the way they play together on the defensive end because that's what's kind of stopping them from being great. And I don't know if they're going to be an 8 for 7 seed. So Jimmy Butler could should elevate them to contenders, but we don't know what they're going to be. Hurt. It can't hurt because he has experience, and the guy can make clutch shots. And I always think, I always say, I think Butler is more clutch than Paul George, in my opinion. Paul George, for some reason, the clutch moment is like 0 for 16 or something like that. And Jimmy Butler has been actually great in clutch moments. So he's not afraid of those moments or anything. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be an interesting NBA season. I know where it's like, what, July? And the season basically starts like some, late September probably. Because, you know, that's when 2K comes out and all that stuff. So, you know, you're already getting close to the NBA season and everything. That's why, that's why it's a dry week, man. There's not a lot to talk about other than this Conor McGregor. Yeah, which was f- funny to see the press conference because you know these guys hate each other, but they're trying to do this so they can get more money out of it. That's what it is. Connor's job is his first name. Yeah. Kanye, he, his whole job right now is to convince you that he actually has a chance to win this fight. And so, so his fans feel good rooting for him. But I've said a long time ago, people don't buy Floyd Mayweather fights to see him win. They buy them to see him lose. You want him to lose. That's after once you've gone undefeated all this time. The only draw is is not seeing you beat up somebody else. It's to come see you lose the fight. Yeah. I just happen to think in this fight specifically, he's he's even if he's lost a step by being forty, which I don't know is absolute because we haven't seen him fight at forty. But has he had the fight like in two years though? Is he or a year? It's been a year. It's been a uh, year. Fight hasn't, yeah, it hasn't even been off that long. Even even with that said, he's still fighting a, a complete and total novice in Conor McGregor. Who can hit hard, though, but he's still a he's novice. He's got to connect the punch. Yeah. He's got he's to find a way to land the punch. And if he does line a punch, you think Floyd Mayweather's going to be either angry or he's going to try to hit him back harder or whatever? We don't know. Any fight I've ever seen where Floyd took a hit, he got pissed off and beat the crap out of the other dude for, like, the rest of the rounds. Zab Judah tagged him, like, a couple of good times, and then Floyd just turned around and started whooping him so bad that Zab had to hit him with a low blow. Um, who's the other dude? The light-skinned dude with the, um, um, light-skinned dude with the, uh, tattoo and a bad girlfriend. They, they, they got into it. And, they, and he landed like a super good shot on, on Mayweather. Mayweather had to grab his arm to keep from falling. Punched the crap out of him. And the funniest part about that fight, Mayweather, the, the other guy's trainer, who I can't, who, whose name I still can't remember to save my life, the other guy's trainer said the, 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 
the, the book on Mayweather is that he's a coward, is that he's a talented punk. And I don't think he's a coward. I think he'll rumble. I'll tell you exactly what I think is going to happen. I think my guy's going to punch Floyd in the mouth, and Floyd is going to grow a tail, draw fangs and claws, grow wings, and turn into a dragon in the ring, start spitting fireballs all over the place. And he was like, and we're going to counter with right hands because we're still not going to lose even when he turns into a dragon. And I'll be damned that that's exactly what happened. He landed a clean shot on Mayweather. Mayweather buckled for a hot second, got his composure, and then proceeded to beating the crap out of this man. For the, I mean, just landing straight right hands, left hooks, left hand, left, right hook, right hand, right hand, right hand, jabbing him all in the face, punching him all in the mouth all hard. Beat him up for the rest of the fight. Like, just just beat the crap out of him. And I was like, yo, his trainer said this was going to happen. Mayweather <laughs> gets punched, and he takes it personal. Yeah. Like, you're trying to make me look bad. And if, if McGregor lands a hit, and I'm not saying he's going to, because I don't think Floyd is really going to risk taking a hit from somebody with knockout power like that. I don't think he wants to take take a risk. Yeah, because you get knocked out. I also don't think that guy is good enough to land a punch. Mayweather dodges punches from dudes who are trained to hit you. And I and, and they can't do it. I watched Victor Ortiz swing for the fences. I watched um, everybody. Everybody just goes off trying to hit this dude. And you're dealing with one of the best counter punchers in the business. And he's he's... He's decided to skip the counterpart. Like, I'm just going to, you know, mostly you hit me and I hit you back better. I'm just going to skip getting hit altogether. I'm just going to, you know, how about we skip that part and I just keep punching you. <laughs> and I think that's where we are. And I, I, I don't think maybe, I, I think Connor's whole job right now is to convince you that he, he stands a chance. Um, he may be trying to convince himself that he stands a chance. Maybe he believes in himself that he thinks he could touch him and or beat him. he just knows that this is his biggest payday ever. Yeah. Like, this is the one, and he's never going to see a payday like this in MMA. So he might as well, like, just go get the money and talk and sell the fight, for, you know, and get it popping. And Floyd's just going to collect another $100 million and then, you know, ride off into the sunset 50-0. and 0. But if he does land a punch on him and he, if he actually competes with him, like, if he goes the distance, you think, you think that's success for McGregor? No. If Floyd he, hasn't knocked anybody out in dumb long. That's true. He always gone the distance away, so. He hasn't knocked anybody out since the Victor Ortiz fight. I think, um, I think Mayweather going, uh, McGregor going the distance, the victory will be what his face looks like. If he's tagged up, eyes swollen, nose bloody, lip, mouth busted up, like if he's tagged up, then we pretty much got what we expected to get. You know what I mean? He's just beat up. Uh, which is what I think is going to happen. I think he's just going to get beat up. I don't think Floyd's going to like actually knock him out, but I think Floyd can f- punch the crap out of him. And I, you know what? Floyd may be able to knock him out because we're talking about people with better defenses than McGregor has. McGregor doesn't have defense against a dude who knows how to hit. He's got defense against dudes who kick. Okay, yeah. Dudes who sprawl. Gr- yeah. Dudes who lightly box, who have just now been learning to box maybe over the past four or five years they've been learning how to box. But they're wrestlers. They're martial artists. They know how to kick. They know how to, like, grapple. Yeah. If you're a wrestler in MMA, you pretty much have an advantage. Yeah, I know that. absolutely. However, none of that is allowed. None of the stuff I just mentioned is allowed in what we're about to see. 
the gloves are heavier and the movement is slower, the fight, the pace is slower. McGregor's gonna get beat up. He's gonna get beat up. So gonna be it's still gonna be beat up. And everybody who's betting against Floyd, he's convinced you. You just drank the Kool-Aid. <laughs> but there's no like Floyd's Floyd's just gonna beat this man up for a whole bunch of rounds. Every time every time McGregor sticks a punch out, he's gonna eat like three. That's how that's what I predict happening. Every time he sticks a punch out, pow, pow, pow. He's gonna try and punch again. Wop wop wop. He's just gonna like start eating. The the more it goes, the more Floyd is gonna be like, oh, oh, all right, <laughs> oh. It's be interesting. I can do that too. Oh. oh, all right, all right, okay. Here we go. Wop 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 wop. Interesting to see after the fight if they just suddenly become friends and stuff, which I doubt it, but you the, never the know. The smartest thing McGregor could do is ask Floyd to train. Yeah. Smartest thing you could do after Max the fight, Floyd, yeah. Yep. Smartest thing you could do is like sign up for the sign up for the camp. Ask Floyd the trainer when it comes to throwing the hands, when it comes to defense. Floyd, I think, as a trainer in MMA, would make a killing because everybody would line up to take his class. I would I would like to see Ronda Rousey learn how to fight from Floyd. <laughs> she thinks she could beat him. <laughs> If they were wrestling, yeah, you know, we saw what happens when she had to fight a boxer. She straight up gets knocked out. Yeah, and two two yeah. people who who are better strikers than wrestlers beat the crap out of her in seconds. Like, and one person did it in the second round, the other one just hammered the hell out of her all of the first round and just dropped her. She needs to learn how to throw a punch and take a punch. She can't do that. That's why she hasn't been doing MMA fights. I think she's still shocked that she lost. So it's not it's not necessarily the loss. It's how brutally you lose. When I when I I train fighting myself, I talked to my um, instructor, and he was like, "What's worse, getting knocked out or getting beat up?" I I just said getting knocked out. I didn't even think about it. It just looks terrible. Yeah. Knocked out. He said no. He said, "What's worse is getting beat up." He was like, "There's." He was like, "Somebody catches you." He was like, everybody I've ever trained who got knocked out, any, anybody I've, or any fighter I've ever seen that got knocked out, the first question they always have when they wake up is, what did he get me with? Because you never saw it coming. You know what I mean? It was some sneaky punch, some sneaky kick that came around, and you just didn't see it. And, and you, you walk away from it going, ah, got caught. Ah, man, that sucks. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's not that you don't like losing, but no, you got hit with something you never saw coming. You didn't train. You didn't know it was going to happen. And he just caught you. What did he get me with? You never saw it coming. Getting beat up. Getting your face pounded in. Round after round. Minute after minute. Punch after punch for an entire fight. And you can't stop it from happening. Like everything you do is just not working to your advantage. And this person is just walking around all your deep at you and avoiding all your... That's demoralizing. It is. That's that's heartbreaking. That's soul crushing. You, you're just being worn away by this person who's dominating you in every, and every. And he's doing it on purpose, probably too. Yes, like the guy yes. knows that he can just beat the crap, so he's just gonna and take his time and do whatever. Him. Yeah, he can't do it. That's what happened with Rousey. When you watch Rousey fight, like she's just getting hammered, and nothing she does can stop it. And she, in desperation, tries to grab the person. So, because that's her wheelhouse, and they get loose, and they start punching her again, and she can't get out from under it. So that's why it's like, um, 
even when I was wrestling in high school, you know, you you know as a wrestler, you know when you don't have a chance against somebody, or you do have a chance against somebody, or you just beat them down. Like I think in my career, I think I tagged people, which is like basically 15 points or more, and then the game, the match is done. Yeah. So I don't, I think I like tagged two people in my opinion, but when I did it, I kind of knew I had an advantage. Like either I can't pin this guy, or I'm just just score a lot of points on him and beat him down. Oh boy, when you get pinned, of course, it's, it's bad in wrestling. You get pinned, it's like, it's ridiculous. You get pinned, like, in a minute or something. You get pinned in 11 seconds. It's, it's terrible. Um, but, yeah, and then when you know you get beat down by somebody. Because for me, what was hard for me as a wrestler, like, people face me. You couldn't really pin me because I, I don't allow myself to get pinned. If I lose, I lose by points. You know, it's not going to be pinning or anything. Right. And going there for, like, three three periods, two minutes each, and people think it's not a lot of minutes, but it is. You get tired really quick after the first period. Yeah. And, 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 and the thing about me was I had stamina at least getting into the third period and everything. And one of the matches I had before, and that was the same week where we had like three matches in a row, was that second match where my body was sore from the first match. And, my, and I was really, really sore. Like, it was because that week it was Flushing. It was, it was Grant. No, it was Brooklyn Tech. Then it was some other school. And, our, and it was all at home. This commissioner really hated our school, too, so I kind of knew he was going to put us all, like, in three weeks so he could just tarnish our record or whatever. But, yeah, I beat somebody from Flushing, and then the next game, next match, it, my whole form was so sore, my body was sore, and I don't know how I won that match because everything was hurting me. Like, my whole body was hurt, like, really sore. So I don't know how I won against Booker Tent, but I did win, and I was like one of the few wrestlers I won it that day. I still remember that because it was like three wrestlers that won our team. Everybody was like lost, so it was kind of cool to see that. But I still wanted my team to win, but it sucked. But I just kind of rubbed it in their face because I'm like, I'm the only person that beat my guys. You guys all lost, but whatever. And then the next match, it was like I was gonna wrestle, but I guess it was like a little forfeit thing, whatever. But the 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 body itself hurts, and and you, when you get beat down or when you get really sore, and especially in anything wrestling or boxing, it's kind of you gotta be mentally tough about it. And it kind of teaches you also some goals in life, like when you're down and you think you can't do something and you're getting hurt or like like everything in sports is like up and down, just like in life, everything is up and down. And the thing is, are you man enough or if you, even if you're a woman to go up and say, you know, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to train harder. I'm going to practice harder and, and have my work have to go up to another level and do this and that. And and when you achieve something, it's it's sometimes in loss and defeats. Right. And we don't know, like for Ronda Rousey, if she can come back from a loss and actually win. Like I think, cause she never lost that badly, or she never lost like that. That it's really demoralizing her mentally. And it's like, is she really that mentally tough, or is it because she just lost? Now it's like I can't come back or something like that. And then for Floyd, it's like he's been undefeated, right? And we, we, we know for sure he's not going to lose this fight. But let's say he does lose. How has he got to come back from this and say, oh, I'm going to win against the next fighter or whatever? I don't think he's going to. I think he's just going to go back into retirement. That's his That's his window. Like, I don't care. I so so he, if he goes out with a loss, do you think he wouldn't care? The the, the athlete in him wouldn't have been like, oh, I'll come back? he wants to lose. I know, of course. We, we all know he might, he's not going to lose. I mean, this is a novice, and we know for sure he's not going to hit him. But if some reason he just loses... You don't think in the back of the head saying, you know what, I need to give me another chance and I need to I need to win to, to, to get over this hump. I don't think so. Not really. I, th- I, don't, I, don't, I honestly don't think he cares anymore. I think, I think that part of the game is over. 
I think if it, I think if that was the case, he may have been back before this. That's true. And um, but I just want to see him lose and see how he can he can take it and try to like use that for motivation and beat somebody down the next fight. I'm like a- another fight. Everybody wants, like I said, that's yeah. what a Mayweather fight is. You're paying to see him lose. Everybody wants to see him lose. It's just a matter of if it's gonna happen. And every time it, every time we think we've got somebody, every time people think they have the guy who can do it, Mayweather just goes in there and shows why you shouldn't have hyped this dude up. Like, look what he did to Pacquiao. And everybody knew Pacquiao was the guy. Even Pacquiao knew Pacquiao was the guy. And Mayweather just showed that they were so different class-wise, like just level-wise. He couldn't hit him. That's true. And he kept calling him easy work, which is like... Really, really insulting. <laughs> it is insulting. If you're, easy work. yeah, if you're a fighter and you call somebody easy work, you're dissing them. If you're, even if you're a wrestler, oh, oh, you know, is is like, you know, it's easy for me. Like the guy's not that good or whatever. And you can tell when you're a wrestler <clears throat> or a fighter if he's a good fighter or he's not a good fighter based on their stance. Because if they have a sucky stance, that's your advantage. You could just take control of it and you could do whatever you want. But if it's a, if it's a good fighter or a good wrestler who has a good stance or even a great stance, you have the advantage because it's hard for you to do a punch or do a grapple move or do this and that because they gotta be ready for it. And and I think that's what separates from a good wrestler or fighter from a bad wrestler or fighter. It's all about the stance. If your stance is good, you have the advantage. Your man's gonna get beat up. Yeah. And, but if you don't have a good stance, you're going to lose. Most of the time, you're going to lose. It doesn't matter about your technique. It, it all starts off in the fundamentals. If you, you, you have good form, you, you have balance and everything. And I learned that from you when I did wrestling camp. Like, if, if you have all that stuff, then you have an advantage of being in the match and that's a chance of winning. Because the, the thing is, when you get tired, your stance suddenly becomes into more of like a, like a street fight type of thing. Like for boxers, definitely, when they get to the later rounds, like around 11 and 12, they're tired. Their stance yeah, becomes yeah, yeah. Their stance becomes more like weaker because they're tired. They can't keep it up like they had the earlier rounds, mm-hmm. and that's how it becomes basically like a street fight thing where it's either you get hit, I get hit, you get hit, I get hit, and whoever can take more. But then that's how you know Floyd Mayweather doesn't do that. He's he's will always be the best defensive fighter in boxing history. Period. People just hate him because he just doesn't offensively doesn't knock out people. Yeah. He just doesn't want to take a punch. Yeah. And but, he's very, very good at avoiding them. Which is good to have. But we also want to see knockouts, too. <laughs> we want to see somebody <laughs> could hit, take a hit or whatever. But he's just really good defensively. And that's a that's a skill to have. Like, you know, people think just because you're a boxer, you need to just box, box, and not it's all about offense and not defense. But if you're really defensively good, you always have the advantage in boxing because you could do all those counter punches, which is deadly. Because mm-hmm. you if you, you miss a punch and somebody counters you with something out of nowhere, you get knocked out. Like, literally, you could get knocked out of nowhere, like a a sucker punch or something like that, or a haymaker or whatever. Like, it's tough. But I, I know this fight in August, we're going to find out something, but we all know probably Foy's going to win, like, sure, even, like, in six rounds or, or 12. If he goes a distance, it's just going to be by decision. But he's going to beat Conor Rob. Yeah. But it would shock me, though, if Conor just came up and just knocked him out. That would be shocking. That itself would be shocking. Even if Connor loses and he knocks him out because of decision. He knocks him down. Yeah, he knocks him down, and but he still loses because of decision or whatever. That would be shocking to me. We'll see. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised if he lands a punch. Yeah, me too, actually. 
because Dana White really hyped him up saying if he lands a punch, he will hurt him. Like, you, he will hurt maybe, him. Maybe. Because maybe. he's tough. He might. He might. Okay. Yeah, so, and what? Now, now what happens? I know exactly. You like, can okay. touch him, but can you beat him? Yeah, you know, like, that's a okay, if he lands a punch, he's going to hurt him. Okay, but can he land a punch, though? And when? The thing, you can land a punch, but can you finish the fight? Like, where? We're talking about a man. And, and Face? We're, we're expecting a guy who... We're expecting a guy who's never trained boxing to hit one of the best defensive fighters of all in time. In boxing history. Yeah, like, ever. Wait, and what you told me is that if that happens, then you told me that the MMA fighters have a chance of being boxers. I'm, not, I'm never going to sit here and say that there won't be some exceptionally gifted MMA fighter who's came from the boxing world and then picked up some other stuff, and now he's kicking kicking butt in MMA, and he, then he switches back over, and he's able to do some damage boxing. I'll never say that. Yeah, I don't know who these guys are training with. As far as boxing, Bru- you know Bruce Lee meant to MMA. So, but the thing with Bruce Lee was he was already a like he's trained from boxing to the fighting and all that. It's different, but but I'm just I saying like. The Gracies invented MMA. He invented MMA. The Gracies, Royce and Company, because they were the first guys I I remember who were taking on like anyone. They would take on they were martial artists. They were jujitsu martial artists, and they were just choking out. But Bruce Lee had that concept back then too, because in this fight, yeah, no they were grap, there was grappling, it was submission, it was course punching, and all that. And he was just, you know, it's unfair for him because he's strong and athletic, and he could do whatever. And he trained so hard, like literally. Mm-hmm. That's why, you, like we said, bodybuilders try to do what he can do with this whole trying to get to one percent body fat and everything. It's just, it's, it's like superhuman stuff for Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. That's why I feel like if he was a boxer. Just straight up punching. I think he can really dominate anybody because he, he's too fast. His punches are fast. Like he can, I think he could even touch Floyd probably because even though Floyd's a great defensive fighter, how fast can you deflect somebody who's really fast and can just punch you straight up like that? And they're like the same way, Bruce Lee and, and Floyd sort of. Which is hilarious. Which is, I know, which is funny, right? Because it's like if they really fought like prime Bruce Lee and prime Floyd, I don't know, I don't know who would win that. Bruce Lee is fast. I think me too because he's just fast and he 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 he's just all about punches and he, he can kick too but his punches are so quick and he has that one inch punch and everything it's like it's a lot of crazy stuff that's why he's the best probably the best martial artist we've ever seen and probably one of the best athletes I think we've ever seen that's under, that we don't really talk about because of what he's done a lot of people emulate him in the athletes but mm-hmm. yeah so keep in mind neither one of those dudes who are talking about are Bruce Lee or anything Bruce Lee like. That's true. And Floyd is just gonna. I just see Floyd just picking up a grade for like the whole twelve rounds. But you know, what Bruce Lee will do. We just end it quick. <laughs> That's yeah, the thing. One inch punch and we're done for the day. Yeah, he just ends anything quick. He's not about the whole wasting time, this and that. Mm-hmm. He just gonna fight you so quick, yo. That's how good he is. But, you know, I think that's going to do for today's show. We did talk about a lot. I know uh, MLB, we didn't really talk about that as much. But, you know, Aaron Judge, 6'7", 270, that's all, you need to, that's all you need to hear for now. Because this is a guy who's like the LeBron James of MLB and probably a player that can transcend the sport where big players can play baseball or something like that at just that side. Just come get me when, when the Mets or the Yankees make it into the playoffs. 
Oh, oh they got a, I think Yankees, they have a chance. And Mets are probably no shot because of injuries. But the Yankees, they, they definitely have a chance to make the wild card, even be a division winner, as long as they stay healthy and have the pitching staff and all that. But that's that's going to be interesting to see this month and August and September if they're playing relevant baseball and trying to make the playoffs and all that. But And, of course, talk about football. That's in two weeks, basically. And some interesting stories coming up to that from Richard Sherman and this whole wanting more money because – players are getting more money and all that stuff so it's interesting football deserves the exact same kind of contract as NBA and MLB and I think even more so because they're playing hands down the most dangerous sport out of the two and they get like only like five year deal but it's like two or three year guarantee or something like that it's like yeah guaranteed yeah basically like that's why when they mention all these big contracts that NFL players are getting I don't even flinch. The money's not guaranteed. You, you, you can't tell me that he's definitely going to see that money. One one wrong move and kablooey. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I don't I don't care. I think until they change the contracts. I'm and they should because they, they're making more money than all the other sports. So it's like, why wouldn't you do it? Yeah. A ton of bread. So why wouldn't you do something like that for these players? No, because they're greedy. Because the owners are greedy. And the owners feel like they don't have to. But I think I think the players, um, the players association has been failing mm-hmm. as far as the NBA and NFL is concerned. I think the NFL Players Association is just failing. Yeah. And I really think they need to get that together because it's, it's extra awful. They preach family, but, yeah, they sell Bud Light and alcohol and all this other stuff. And then I, people I, do I, I'm, not, I'm not interested in the I – don't, I don't focus on the hypocrisy of the company itself, of the, of the league. I definitely don't do that. This is the exact same league who um, the New York Giants – um, took back a kicker who was beating his wife, yeah. but wouldn't give Colin Kaepernick a job uh, under Eli. Like, why wouldn't you do that? You have your morality is that shifty where a dude can beat his wife for years, abuse it, and still be on the team, and still be on the team. But Colin Kaepernick, who's the one thing, knee. yeah, one thing, and suddenly it's like he's not a team. Never hurt anybody. Never, never, never did any damage to anybody. Never meant to disrespect anybody. Changed his entire stance so he could respect veterans, just so they wouldn't be pissed at him because it had nothing to do with them. And you're telling me now <laughs> you're concerned about. How how the clients feel now you're con- concerned about how the audience feels, but a, a wife beater is cool to have on the team. Yeah, it makes no sense, man. Plaxico Burris shot himself. And he's yeah, he still kind of still played. He played with the Jazz and he played with whatever. He still and then has he, his job. Yeah. And and I, I personally think he should have been back on the Giants. You shot yourself. Who did you hurt? But dudes can a dude can beat his wife. And get a deal, and Colin Kaepernick is still looking for a job. Get like suspended for three games, and then yeah, it's like whatever. So I'm, um, I'm the morality. That's why I never look at you know you, you say family and you're selling alcohol. I'm not interested in their morality. I see how that goes already. My whole thing is get the money together for these dudes. Like let them get their risk in their health long term, not short term. Long term health, long term health. They wake up in the morning trying to figure out what hurts. I heard a player. Retired play. I want to say it was um, Michael, uh, not Michael Vick. Who's the dude who played for the Giants? Now he does like talk shows and stuff. Michael uh, with the gap in his seat. Michael Strahan. Michael Strahan, yeah. I heard Strahan say, one of, I, I believe it was him. He said, one of the first things I do when I wake up in the morning is I sit on the edge of the bed and try to figure out what hurts. I just figure out what hurts first before I can do anything else to figure out what hurts. If that, and this is, he hasn't touched the football in years on a professional level. Yeah, I know. In years, and he's still dealing with repercussions. Get their money together, man. Get their money together. Get that health insurance and all that. If 
Harden can get two hundred million contract extension. And 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 uh, Curry. Curry can get two hundred million. Forty million a year, man. These supermax. I know. Deals. If this can happen for them, then yes, yes. Eli Manning and and, and all, all the players, all these dudes, the, the dude from the set, all, all of these cats should be making way more money. There's no way they should be broke after five years out of the league. It just shouldn't be. And then if there's no game, they don't get paid. Like they just get need to get that together. So I'm not really. I'll be happy when the football parties come around. <laughs> but other than that, you know. It is what it is, man. That's gonna do for today's show, guys. We talked about a lot of stuff today, even though it was a dry sports week again. We talked for over an hour, so it was pretty interesting to see. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Amorinus10. You can follow Mr. Mac here. You can follow the Slam City Facebook page and Slam City Twitter account at Slam City underscore 360. And as of right now just follow us on SoundCloud because we don't even know how long that's gonna last but we will be that but follow us all the latest episodes and everything but see you next week